When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And and so we, I mean, we still talk about man, you stole my record. And I still anything, baby. Pick the ball up, right? <laughs> I don't know if that was going to be broken anytime soon. It hadn't been, but I am completely willing to tackle somebody, get those fifty, uh, get those fifteen yards. Unfortunately, I feel We're on a collision course for the national championship, and only variable is time. We keep it rolling right along here on From the Pink Seeds podcast. Jacob Lane, Vincent Lococo. We uh, have got another great guest. Where are they now? Uh, Louisville football is full of characters, man. That's just great football players. Great people, but characters that are just incredible. And tonight you're going to get to hear from one uh, that I have been hoping we could bring you for quite some time. Tonight, Devon Thomas, former Louisville football uh, defensive lineman, will join the show for the first time, current uh, associate athletic director at Gonzaga. And when I tell you that the passion of the Louisville football program on a, being worn on a sleeve, you will not see that uh, any more true than with Devon Thomas. Man, it, it's so cool to just hear – just hear him talk. I could have listened to him talk for hours on end about Louisville sports just because he's so passionate about it. And, you know, it, that's like when people talk about Cardinal pride, like that's what it is right there. It's it's him. It's Devon, you know, like like you said, Jacob, he, he wears it on his sleeve. And that's kind of what all the other alumni, you know, we should really strive to be. We should want to represent our our alma mater like that. We should we should want to, you know, be an open door to other player, current and former players and should always lean and rely on each other. Uh, so so it, it's been really cool to hear all these previous generations and stuff, you know, for me, Jacob, as a, a former player. And same for me as a fan for, for a long time. And um, it, it really is great, though, to watch you connect with these athletes and former players in real time because there's a bond that you guys share of going out there and, and trying to accomplish the same thing regardless of the era that you were in. Uh, and tonight on the show, uh, Devon has a quote that is an all-timer on from the Pink Seeds podcast. He said, I am where I am because of the logo on my chest talking about playing for Louisville football. Uh, and that's exactly what we hope that uh, you'll take away from this show is the passion for football and how that exists in alumni. 
Um, Devon is a guy that is extremely successful in the world of college athletics, rising all the way up now to the senior associate athletic director at Gonzaga. He's worked at Eastern Washington. He's worked for University of Louisville. He is a Tom Jurich guy through and through. You will hear that on this episode. This is one of the most unique perspectives that we have ever had on this show, and it comes with a lot of humor, a lot of jokes, and a lot of defensive linemen sizzle that you know I love. Right, Man, I'm all about my defensive linemen that will man, celebrate after biscuit, they tear your ass apart. Biscuit is turning into this episode, man. For that's sure. right. That's right. All the big boys are loving this episode because uh, we're getting ready to highlight one of the most unique players in Louisville football history. Uh, Devon played here from Louisville from 1998 to 2002. He played in some of the most epic games, including the Florida State rain game in, 20, in 2002, uh, including a win over BYU in the bowl game. He also played in the Boise State bowl game. He also played against Marshall in the bowl game, uh, was on some of the most successful Louisville football teams in Conference USA and played with some incredibly great players. You're going to get to hear great insight from what it was like playing for John L. Smith, what it was like playing alongside of some of the most legendary defensive players in program history, like a Michael Josiah, Dwayne White, a Anthony Floyd. And you're going to get to hear, you're going to get to hear what it's like for a big man to score a touchdown. I think that is one of the funnier moments. Finally got your moment, Jacob. That's right. For for distance too, not just like a little 10 yard scamper. That's right. You're talking about somebody going 87 yards, still owning, I think, that record to this day. Um, And so it's an exciting show, and we can't thank you guys enough for tuning in to the series here. Uh, The first three episodes, Lorenzo Molden, Greg Brom, and now Devon Thomas. It's been incredible. We're going to keep that rolling. We've got more guests scheduled. This is just the beginning of what this series will be. Where are they now? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your shows from, from the Pink Seeds podcast. Uh, subscribe, uh, like, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Pink Seeds Pod. You can get inter- interactive with the show there. Uh, and then, of course, check us out on YouTube now with the show. Thank you to Kern's Corner for helping us out, for sponsoring the podcast. Can't thank them enough. And with that being said, let's go ahead and jump in and hear from Devon Thomas. Exciting times here on From the Pink Seeds Podcast. I, I am thrilled for our guest. We detailed it in the intro, uh, but now finally, Devon Thomas joins us. Devon, how are you, my friend? It is great to have you on the podcast. Listen, it is a beautiful day here in Spokane, Washington. I think it's our first day in the 70s, uh, so uh, can't get any better, man. I love that. What do you think the weather's like in Louisville right now? Just if you had to guess. I don't know how much you keep up with weather patterns. Let's see. Hold here. on. No, it's Derby Week, so I, I am confident that we're, we're about, what, 80, 85? Today was 49 yeah. high, like 52 or something like yeah. that. And by, by Thursday, Friday, it'll be like 75 and sunny. So oh that's, my gosh. that's not little for you. We had massive tornadoes like two weeks ago. It's, it's just been wild, man. Well, <laughs> it's great to have you on the show. Obviously, um, we are extremely excited because of the fact that you played for John L. Smith, which will be, uh, I believe this will be our second guest from the John L. Smith day. So I'm really excited about that. Playing for John L. Smith. I mean, that's, that's just got to be incredible. Just give me a, a little sneak peek before Vince kind of jumps into asking for like some storytelling of just the football mind and the acumen of John L. Smith. Well, first, so that everybody knows, I was actually Bobby Petrino's very first recruit when he was here as a ROC back in 98. So he he came to Jacksonville and he recruited me to Louisville. And it's a great story how I actually, I I was committed to Wake Forest before I uh, came here. Only reason I came on the visit to Louisville was we had a quarterback, Andre Johnson, who was a tweener in my high school. And they said, well, if Devon, if you'll come on the visit, we'll let Andre come on the visit. And so I came and uh, I was a complete jackass on that visit. <laughs> I, I was, you know, I'm a hot, I was a hot shot kid out of Florida. I already had, I'm going, I'm going to play in the ACC. And uh, Louisville, I think it come off two, one in 11 seasons. 
And I, I fell asleep in the meetings with professors. I was laid back in my chair the whole time. I was so much better than Louisville. Um, and I remember on Sunday, it's hot box day. You know, you get your one-on-one with the head coach, right? And I, and I, Louisville was my last visit. So I'd done it before. I expected John L to give me this long story about how they would give me the ball on the goal line and they would do this. I mean, you know, that's what SMU told me. Uh, <laughs> this is what Wake is letting me know. That's what they love to tell you. <laughs> oh, I played offensive guard in high school. Why would you give me the ball? Uh, and so I go and I sit in John Hill's office and I sit down and I'm, I'm slouching. Go, All right, give me your pitch. And he looks at me and he goes, Hey, if you come here and bust your tail, you'll play for me. If you don't, you'll sit my bench, but you'll graduate. And told me to get out of his office. And I was, I was so angry that he, uh, he did that to me and he didn't, he didn't even pitch me any more than that. Uh, and sure enough, it, end of the day, I, I get back home and, uh, it, it he was the first coach to just keep it a hundred with me. He, he really was. He was the first coach to do that. So, um, that's, that's actually why I ended up coming to, uh, Louisville on spite out of spite, <laughs> spite oh John uh, so, <laughs> You know, he was, as a coach, and I love the guy, as a coach, he was awesome. He seemed like he was a step ahead of everything. Um, you know, one of the coolest things was just you'd watch him just out there running stadium steps, um, you know, before practice. And, you know, he seemed like this old man, but but he was also, he was this old man, but he wasn't. You know what I mean? He, you know, he knew offense and he'd, he'd pull you aside and, and he'd tell you, hey, your get-off's a little slow on defense. Hey, you got to put your hands here. Hey, when you're setting the edge, you got to do this. And then he'd be over with the kickers, telling him. So, I, you know, he was a – it seemed as though he was a student of the game. But, you know, uh, I would have swore that back then he was 70 years old, not let alone how old he is now. So, you know, I, I am still in awe of John Elmer. I always love personally hearing all these stories of all these other coaches – and playing for Coach Petrino, I've got to hear, I've got to hear what he was like in the early days. I mean, what, what? was young Coach Petrino like? All right, so the rookie show. I mean, so when I went to school there, so we got there in uh, July of '98, and uh, back then, you know, it wasn't hazing, but the rookies had to put on a show. All the freshmen, we had to entertain uh, the older guys, and uh, so little P, uh, little P was there as well. So he was our wide receivers coach. Um, and one of the skits we put together was for little P where, cause AJ uh, Arnold Jackson was our wide receiver, another Jacksonville guy that took me under his wing, him and uh, Tony Roundtree. Uh, they took me under their wings cause they're all Jacksonville guys. And, uh, but no one could touch Arnold Jackson in practice. And we, we figured that out in the first week of two a days. And so one of the skits we, I put together was, you know, we basically bubble wrapped a kid to be Arnold Jackson and if anybody blew at him, we had him jump in the coach's <laughs> arm and he'd walk him away. Oh, man, we, we had a blast. My, my, to this day, my best Petrino story, because back then he was so calm. <laughs> he was not calm. <laughs> so we got – all right, so I'm a freshman, and we brought in a gang of freshmen my year, um, and they redshirted all, but I think one of us, Chip Mattingly, me and Chip – uh, we were the only two that long snapped in high school. So Coach, uh, so John L. pulls us both aside and says, hey, 
one of you is going to have to play this year. Um, whoever Whoever's going to long snap is going to get a chance to play this year. And I remember going, do it now? Are you kidding me? Go out and practice early? Uh, and, you know, and then so Chip gets the – Chip gets to do it. He becomes this great long snapper and, uh, you know, backup tight end and all this stuff. And, um, and here I am registering with the rest of the riffraff. So um, my freshman year, so our, our uh, scout team defense was unbelievable because they redshirted almost the whole class. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we would give Redmond. So that was, it was Red's senior year. Uh, Chris Redmond's senior year. So, we would give his offense fits, you know, Anthony Bird and, and Darzinski and that group uh, on the offensive line. And I so there's just one play. Uh, was it Leroy Collins is, was the running back, I believe. I'm on the right-hand side. And, by the, you know, we're, we're halfway through the year. Um, I know. So what, I'll tell you the secret now. I memorized what the call sheet was. Oh, so yeah. I knew that we were going to go. <laughs> it goes right, middle, left. Then they go left middle right inside run see nowadays they tell you that they tell you that prior what imagine imagine them showing you that card right before you run that play oh man so so i'm the defense we're on the defense and and i know plays going to the left and you know i i i have an egg it to you know fake step and leroy breaks through and i and i I, oh crap and then i book it and he has to make a couple cuts but i catch him about 25 yards downfield. And you know what? I'm feeling myself. All right. I just caught this, uh, you know, I, I just caught this dude and, you know, I'm high five. And it was like, dude, even I started running back, can't get away from us. Right. And I mean, Petrino beelines to me and in the most colorful way that Bobby Petrino can, can, <laughs> he, he, he tells me, I better not ever see you take a playoff. You could have made that tackle. 20 yards closer if you were running full speed. <laughs> Don't you beep, 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 beep. Oh <laughs> and, uh, and, and here I am, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, you know what? It was, a, it was a defining moment in my career because I went, you're right. I should have taken, taken the playoff. Well, the cool part was um, my senior year, uh, you know, uh, the banquet, like we didn't do a banquet. Uh, we did, we hired him back because John Elliott left. And at the uh, my class was the first class that we didn't do a football banquet. We did the halftime of the spring game where we got our jerseys and all that stuff. But I remember at the banquet, he he looks at me and he goes, I appreciate you never taking another playoff. He brought that play up. And it was so meaningful. It was so meaningful to me because that year I was the scout team player of the year. And uh, and it was because really of that play. He said, don't take a playoff. I never took another playoff um, and to the chagrin of, uh, you know, uh, one time Ivan Green walking me blindside style down the field because I thought I was better than I really was. So that's how Bobby Petrino was. Man, he's an <laughs> effort, but he is a motivator for sure sometimes. Man. Man. <laughs> it's interesting. You say you came in as an offensive guard, or at least that's what you played in high school. How did you transition to defense, or was that always a part of the plan in your recruitment? Uh, no, nothing was part of the plan. Uh, Vince, you know, they, they'll tell you whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> everyone saw. You. <laughs> I was in I was in the Yum Center, and Reggie Bonifon's like, I'll throw you dump passes in the end zone, blah, 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 as a fullback and all this stuff. And, you know, I go first day, and I'm like, Coach P, where's, where, where do I go for fullback? He's like, fullback? You're playing linebacker. Get in there. 
I'm like, that's <laughs> playing linebacker. Call my dad that day. <laughs> uh huh. Well, so for me, uh, I was uh, so I started offensive guard in high school. We played, a, we ran a wing tee. So really, I was just pulling and kicking out. So I could run a little bit, undersized for an offensive guard, by the way. Uh, get to college, uh, I, I played passing downs on defense, but I went to a really good high school. And so barely anyone ever played both ways in my high school. So get to school, they say, hey, you're going to play defensive end. Great. Well, back then, freshmen got there, I think, a week early. And so you had a week of basically two days with just the freshman class. And what they told us, okay, in the morning, you're going to do a defense position. In the afternoon, you're going to do an offense position. To be honest, I really wanted to play tight end. And I was like, all right, so morning practice comes. Me, Michael Josiah, uh, let's see, they brought in three, uh, Aaron Smith, Michael Josiah, and myself. We, we, they brought in three uh, ends that year. Um, so, you know, somebody's going to be out, right? <laughs> we do the morning practice. Uh, I'm like, all right, cool. Got through the drill because I didn't know what I was doing. Afternoon, boy, I knew I was about to show out in the afternoon. I was like, ooh, <laughs> coach. Hey, man, I was a catcher in football. I mean, in baseball, man, I, hey, I got hands for days. I was like, man, and I was, I knew how to block. I was about <laughs> to, hey, I was, was going to wait Ivan Green out. You know, I was, was going to let Ivan get his, you know, because it's Ivan. I was going to let him get his, but then I was going to be next, right? And afternoon practice comes. And JoJo, I mean, so Michael Josiah and Aaron, you, you look at the board and you go, okay, tight ends. I'm like, where, where, where am I? Back at defensive end. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I go, uh, hey, coach, what's my offensive position? And it was uh, Nick Holt was my D-line coach. Nick goes, no, you're a DN, man. <laughs> and that was it. Never got a chance. I took zero snaps on offense. Uh as, hold on, for four years, I took a, I never took a single snap on offense. Um, and, and I was an all-state offensive guy, so whatever. Screw those guys. <laughs> oh, they could <can>, <laughs> never do that today. There'd be a kid in the transfer portal so quick. Right? I oh, mean, my oh, my gosh. Yep. Did, did you want to transfer, or was it just, all right, we'll, just, we'll see how this goes? You know, some people are more go with the flow than somebody like me. I'd be like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here. No, man, I transferring was never even, I didn't know, I'll be honest, so unsophisticated, I, transfer was never even part of my lexicon, man. Um, heck, there was a few times I, if I had a car, I would have gone home, but transferred to another school, nope, didn't even think about it. Uh, so, and you know what, afterwards, like three days later, someone, uh, uh, Nick Holt, he, he did have a down with me, and he said, hey, listen, we expect you to be a player here at this position, you know, we're not going to move you over because we expect you to play next year. So, and and he was right. I started the Kentucky game the, my freshman year. So, he's right. Wow, that's a memory. As somebody that only beat Kentucky one time, what was it like <laughs> beating Kentucky so many times? That's pretty good, man. Now, uh, remember, so my class is the only is the first class to play every game in what was then Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. So right. I. I never played in the, the old one, but but I was also there when they set almost every record uh, the very first game in PJCS uh, when, uh, was it, um, how, no, it was how Mummy, but who was the quarterback? Couch. It was Couch. Couch. So uh, we opened up the stadium and they set almost every record. I mean, they, they went hand that year. Uh, however, the next year when we were back in, Commonwealth, we we did the exact same thing to them. So 
Um, really cool. It was really cool, man. Uh, you know, beating beating uh, them so many times. Um, you know, I'm a Florida kid, so I didn't I didn't grow up with the Kentucky hate. It, it only started to matter my junior year. I'll tell you the um, 20 years later. I would tell people now, I go, yeah, we disliked Kentucky, but we hated Cincinnati. I mean, there was some trash talk against Kentucky, um, but oh, there were fights against changed. Cincinnati. You know, changed. We're best friends exactly. with Cincinnati right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's funny that you talk about the Kentucky game. I mean, I remember early in my childhood of watching Louisville football, I can remember some very iconic moments in that series and can remember the domination really beginning. Um, do you have a favorite memory or do you have any, you know, like moment on the field? Back then, I mean, we we were coming out of the little brother stage. You know what I mean? When we were doing it in and we we never, my class, I, I just, we never were, we, we weren't afraid of them. You know, they were they were just the team we started the, the year off with. So, I mean, we played Kentucky first game of the year uh, almost every year. And, you know, it was, they did a great job of uh, ingraining in us, hey, you get an extra one, do an extra rep for Kentucky. Like we want to beat, we, we want to own this, this state. You know, that, that's what you want to do. That's part of being a Cardinal is, you know, hey, we want to we bowl game and conference championships and all those things. And I'm proud to be able to say, yeah, we want to do now conference championships and went to four straight bowl games and all this stuff. But beating Kentucky both home and away, awesome. And it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you in here to talk to the boys, man, because they they need some some juju change right now. They just need something to switch the mojo up. Maybe somebody coming back who's whipped Kentucky's tail a few times will help them get it together because it's been tough around here the last few years. I got to tell you, I mean, I know you're you're out west and you can avoid some of the jokes. I'm sure there's Kentucky fans around you. I'm sure you go out and you're like, oh, man, are you kidding me? But here they've been letting us have it. Uh, listen, broke clocks right twice a day. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll be back. And now that Jeff's got the the program, um, I'm, I'm sure there's some there's a there's a little bit of hate uh, that goes along for that school down the road. Now we'll we'll get it back. You know, you're very active on Twitter, uh, very much up to date with Louisville athletics. So, which of the eras that you've watched, being Petrino 1.0, uh, Crackthorpe, which I'm sure that's not your favorite, Charlie Strong, Petrino 2.0, Sat and Brom, which of those are your favorite eras of football for you to watch? Um, you know, I, so I was there for Charlie. I got, I came back, um, and ran the annual fund for while Charlie was there. Matter of fact, I sat in his office the day he uh, told me he was going to Texas and I really enjoyed watching him coach that group. We, we had a, I don't know, you know, we had a toughness about us, but being across the country when, when P was there the first time. And just watching us roll up on cats. And I mean, the mad scientist was for real, just dogging dudes uh, up, down, and sideways. That wasn't bad to be, you know, I went, I left Louisville and went to Idaho um, to start working. And, you know, it, it, it allows you to puff your chest out a little bit when you're hanging 40 and 50 on cats and you're tuning in just to watch us hang 50 on cats. Uh, I mean, it, it came with a little juice. So, he, he was a lot of the sizzle. Um, I look at Charlie when he was there. It, it just 
it looked like we could take a punch. We could just stand there and just eat one. And you go, no, 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 wait, just, just wait. Um, and when we had Teddy two gloves and there was nothing, uh, if we were within two touchdowns at the start of the fourth quarter, down by two, I remember going, now nah, we're good. Watch this. Right. And, yeah. and, I mean, and, and Teddy would just come out firing, slinging, and the guy just did make mistakes. And it was so awesome to, to, to watch him run an offense. And you go, we're never out of it. A defense, keep it close. We're never out of it. I mean, obviously you've got uh, yeah, Lamar, but, you know, that was the flash of Lamar was just amazing. You know, I don't know if I missed the game that, that I could get out West um, because he was worth the price of admission. But, you know, what? I, I think I think uh, Charlie Strong's group that I, I don't know, that just that re- that group resonated with me a little bit more than anything else. And we, we felt it a little bit last week recording with Lorenzo Malden. I mean, just the intensity. And I felt it, too, as a player, because I still had just a small trickle of like Keith Kelsey and D'Angelo Brown, those guys were strong recruits. So, I mean, you, you just felt like the, the leadership, that leadership from like an, from a 23, 24 year old guy is just, it's something different when it's your peer like that. And Man. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I hope never. they can get back to that, that in some capacity this year. Yeah. And you would never think that Louisville would be the home of a Heisman trophy winner. It's just one of those things that, that really kind of shows the continual growth of the program. And speaking of, of continual growth and overall, you know, dynamic players and stars, you played alongside some pretty um, awesome players yourself. You mentioned Michael Josiah, but you didn't mention Dwayne White, who now has his number honored for Louisville and was, you know, a great defensive lineman in his own right. On the offensive side of the ball, though, I mean, I grew up on Zeke Parker and Arnold Jackson. Those were, I mean, when I was young, those were the guys I wanted to be playing football. Well, those are the Afros, football, man. man. They were incredible. <laughs> Two of uh, two of the fastest players that I can ever remember seeing in my entire life. And of course, Deion Branch, Dave Ragone, um, Chris Redman, you mentioned Ivan Green, uh, you know, Ronnie Gent, the list goes on and on and on the defensive side. I didn't even mention Curry Burns, Anthony Floyd. Tell me what that era, like, where would you put that era of Louisville football up against some of the others, right? We're talking about the Strongs, the Petrinos. Where would you put that group over that four years against some of those big, big names? Listen, teams man, we were the truth. I mean, you know, I love it. I love it. True. (laughs) Now, hey, there. I take immense pleasure and pride in knowing that some of the things that Louisville accomplished were on the shoulders of some of the things we accomplished. You know, I I talk to a lot of those guys that you just mentioned all the time. Dwayne, Dwayne, and I were uh, we we were talking what two weeks ago. Uh, I mean, I still keep in touch, Zeke, and, and. and double deep, you know, Damian Dorsey, dirty, dirty. Uh, I apologize. No, I want these names. nicknames. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, no, 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 I love this, man. You know, Dion, Dion. Uh, you know, he and I text all the time. You know, and I think it's it's one of these cool things that it it truly is a brotherhood. You know, it, it truly is a a really you know you know I say once a card always a card when when something happens. Um, in, in any of our lives, we're, we're talking to one another. We're, we're doing things, and I don't make it back. But, you know, my son got sick, and, you know, the, the outpouring of love that I got from my brothers uh, when they found out that my son got sick was incredible. I'm looking at an air fryer that, uh, 
you know, that one of the guys just sent me an air fryer and they said, hey, listen, when my dad was going through this, uh, he only liked food that was air fried. Just sent me an air fryer. And he goes, so he goes, hey, take care of your boy. We got you. And, you know, Chuck Hall sent my, you know, sent my, so almost every picture He's the best. of my son. Chuck's the best, man. Almost every picture that we took while he was going through chemo, he's wearing Louisville gear because Chuck, Chuck saw that he was sick. He knows that my son loves Louisville. He was born in Louisville. Uh, and, you know, he just sent him a bunch of gear uh, just as a, hey, man, you got a family that's, that's thousands of miles away and, and we got you. And, and that is a, that's the why behind all these things. These guys, I know that if I needed something, real talk, didn't play with Vince, but know that if I needed something and or if he needed something from me, hey, stand it out on the list, sir. I can't tell you how many kids I've donated to their youth sports group because, <laughs> hey, man, help my kid reach their goal. Yeah, whatever, dog. You want 50 bucks? That's fine. Whatever. Uh, and, and I think that's that's the big part of this thing is um, the the brotherhood that is created um, at, at, you know, five in the morning at Old Cardinal Stadium during that. Um, you know, I, I played before we had the Traeger. You know what I mean? When they got the nice indoor, indoor facility. <laughs> hey, we didn't um, have any AC, though. Y- y'all didn't do well enough to build an AC in that damn thing. Oh, man. <laughs> y'all built but, everything else, but y'all can't build any AC. But, but uh, you know, when, when things got tough for my family, I, I mean, every day there was somebody, another one of my guys, sending something just for jo- just for Brandon to, to, to help lift his spirits to and, and wanting nothing in return. That's what Louisville football is. All right. I want to ask you about one of the most iconic games in Louisville football history. Um, 2002. Is it, the, is it, is it the game that I took the, the fumble return back for a touchdown? Let's start that? there. Let's do no. that. <laughs> let's start with that. Yeah, I want to hear not, about that. That was not the most iconic game. <laughs> let's let's hear a little bit more about that though, because I'm all here for. We call them nowadays thick six. I don't know if that's an offensive Come term to big man, but I'm I'm here for the Ooh. thick six. I tell Vince this all the time, man. I need more defensive linemen scoring touchdowns. Like that's what hey, I maybe need. Maybe you got a scoop and score. Yeah, tell me about it. If was OC on your teams, you would have definitely seen some offensive time. One hundred percent. Now, you know what? Uh, so, uh, New Mexico State, yeah, they, New Mexico State runs the they run the option, and uh, you know what? They ran it one too many times, baby. You know, uh, I you know in the beginning of the play, uh, the beginning of the play, I get stuck at the line of scrimmage. But you run to the ball, baby. You run to the ball. They uh, Chad Lee crushes the quarterback coming downhill. Um, you know. As he's pitching it, running back can't get it. Somebody grabs him. And, and seriously, I think six guys might have touched the ball. Uh, I mean, all I do is Curry, uh, Anthony Floyd, uh, M- Mike Brown, all of them touched the ball, can't scoop and score. But you know what I told you? I told you as a freshman I had hands, baby. I <laughs> told right. you that. That's right. <laughs> hey, man, hey, I got low, scooped it up, and then uh, now in my mind, and Pinky, uh, <laughs> Chad Pinkston, he, he tells me, man, we, I was blocking everybody for you. And in my mind, I hurdled three be, three people. I spun out. I shook two dudes. Uh, now, the video doesn't show any of that. That's <laughs> just video, right. Of course, yeah. The, the video shows six people with an oval around me as I, as I probably run a six flat, uh, <laughs> 87, you know, 80, 
87 yard touchdown. And people gave, I mean, Curry Burns is almost walking backwards, tapping me on the head from about the, the five yard, the 10 yard line or so. And I remember the, the interview afterwards and everyone goes, oh man, you're really slow. And, and even then I said, I've got to be the fastest guy out there. I've got to be faster than that 11. Right. Yeah, exactly. How many hey, series got, did you sit out after that? <laughs> I um, know you're so, winning. So the issue is, and, and everyone gives me crap about how long it took. I go, wait, wait. So what you got to know is that game took place in August. It was the very first game of the college football season. It was the Eddie Robinson like classic. So we were the very first game of the college football season that year. So I wasn't in real shape. It was also against a option team, and it was the fourth quarter. Uh, and it was it was the end of the fourth quarter, too. So they so ran I mean, the ball 65, 70 times already. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? See, I got You're you welcome. on your side here. You're welcome, Louisville. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the best part of that, the best part of that is the series before, the record was set the series before. Oh. So, same scenario, Mike Brown takes a, a fumble 81 yards for a touchdown. Oh, and, uh, I know he uh, was pissed. <laughs> oh, he was, he was hot, hot. So what, so what ends up happening is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, so while the uh, offense is uh, – no, we, we score, kickoff, and like two plays in or during the timeout, ladies and gentlemen, the longest fumble return in school history for a touchdown, Michael Brown, 81 yards. And like three plays later, I take one 87 yards. And and so we, I mean, we still talk about, man, you stole my record. And I didn't steal anything, baby. Pick the ball up. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that was going to be broken anytime soon. It hadn't been, but I am completely willing to tackle somebody, get those 50, uh, get those 15 yards on sportsman penalty and be banned from the stadium should someone go. Uh, <laughs> Don't let you on the sidelines. You no, won't sir. make that play. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. The game I'm talking about is, is not that one, but it was a, that's a great moment. I, I watched a couple of, of games today that uh, you played in. Boise State, 99 was fun. You guys flew to the football. That's one thing. I, even yourself, man, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. I noticed you were sideline to sideline, man. Defensive in my ass. That's linebacker. That's an edge rusher now. You should could you tell Coach Holt that uh, <laughs> that'd be good to hear. But uh, tell me about the Florida State game, 2020, uh, 2002, the rain game. Did I assume you participated in that game? That was your senior year. Um, so tell me a little bit about that, uh, your memories. And we're going to jump into, as our, we transition from on the field to off the field um, here in a second, we're going to do our, our segment screen share where we watch some highlights of that game. And we'll have you walk us through a little bit. But what are your memories of, of one of the most iconic games in Cardinal history? You know what? It was, it was really cool, man. Um, you know, we didn't have the start to the year that we thought we that we were predicted to have. I mean, I think we we came into the year preseason number ten or something like that. I mean, everyone thought we were going to be pretty darn good, and then we dropped two in a. I think we dropped two early, and uh, you know, and then we get number five. I think uh, Florida State was coming in, and we it was this redemption. Um, I'll tell you. I, uh, the night before that game, was the only pregame speech uh, that I've ever, I ever gave while I was at, <clears throat> while I was at Louisville. Just, uh, you know, just our team, coaches left, and I, I said some words, man, um, but I was hyped. You know, it was a chance. It was a chance for us to submit some things because I was on the team that went down to Florida State. 
a couple years earlier. And it was, a, it was the only game, I think, in my, in my entire football career that, that I've ever gotten blanked. We lost 31 nothing to Florida State, at Florida State. And I could have told you on Friday we were going to lose that game because as we were driving uh, to Dope Campbell Stadium for walkthrough, everyone's looking at the practice field and they're out the window and eyes are all big. Ooh, look at that. Ooh. And I remember going, saying out loud, guys, what do you expect? Gold all over the place? Right. I mean, it was a Hoosiers moment. The yeah. field's 120 uh, yards long. That's it. They, they put their helmets on and pants on the same as we do. Let's go play. And to be fair, our defense balled that game. Don't let anybody else tell you. Our defense balled that game in Florida State. Um, I think offense gave up two touchdowns. Um, and then we also, they gave up fumbles or interceptions within the 20-yard line like two, like two times as well. The defense played our tails off, but it's a team sport, so I'll take the L. Um, <laughs> that Florida State game, I knew that we could do something special. Right. And, you know, a night before we, you know, I, I get that, I get that feeling. And so, you know, we do our, we do pregame at the stadium. I ask the coaches to leave and then I, I just have a, I, I have a talk with the team. And really all it was, was this is it, man. This is our chance. Let's do something here. And, you know, we all went back to the hotel and, you know, that, that morning, whew, it's, I mean, it just, it starts in the morning and it just rains the whole time. And you're going, you know what? This is about what we need. And, and you, you, you know, you get, you get pumped. That was the very first uh, game that, uh, a guy, who's my guy, Keith? Oh, uh, he, he ran music at the stadium. He and I, the week before, we were talking about what songs to play. I don't know why I was uh, a part of this, but Archie Eversall, uh, We Ready. Uh, that was the very first game that we played this in the stadium. We ready. And man, our squad got so hyped. And I oh, mean, that's awesome. Top, start to finish, you know, guys were just, we were playing and we weren't afraid. We knew we were good enough to be on the field with, with Florida State. We knew it. Um, and we, we just, we kept doing enough just to, uh, to keep it close. And, you know, we, we get to overtime. And, uh, you know, when, when, uh, with Anthony, when he gets that, that interception, you knew it was, you knew it was curtains. And then my man, Hank, right up the middle for the touchdown to end this thing. Don't think I have ever been, uh, you know, I, I tell people now it's illegal, but everybody should be, or it's codified. Um, uh, but I think everybody should be a part of a, uh, storming of the field moment. Um, I still have a piece of the end zone. They cut a piece. Whoever got them, they, they kind of donated one of the bars back to the program, and all the seniors got a piece of the goalpost. We all signed them so that all the seniors, we all have our – I have my piece. It's in my office at work, and it, it's a seminal moment that <laughs> – seminal. Um, <laughs> it's, it's an incredible moment in Louisville football history, um, kind of a, a we belong kind of moment and you know what my my son my young son at the time I think he was probably four or five at the time you know he's out there uh, my wife was there I mean it was just an incredible game and, and so many fans stuck it out and when they rushed the field one of the coolest things you could you could ever be a part of 
it is a moment in my foot in my Louisville football fandom that I will never forget. I attended that game uh, at nine years old, Devon. I was nine years old. Uh, wow. The rain just constantly pouring down as a nine year old. You're like, what in the in God's name could anybody be doing that is enjoying this because of this rain? But we stayed until the entire end. And what I will tell you is with I was with a family who were massive Florida State fans. And I will never forget my best friend's stepdad in the pouring down rain outside of Cardinal Stadium, kicking a traffic cone in the police office and making him going to get it. It was amazing. Amazing. It was amazing. And I was nine years old. And this is an adult that was like in his 40s doing this amazing moment. Uh, But it is truly one of those moments that's for a lot of people my age and people even older than me. um, It is a moment that they'll never forget in Louisville football history. Uh, I'll never forget it because I always have just the number two Florida State game in Cardinal Stadium history, oh, like, no yeah. matter what, like that 16 team <laughs> beating Florida State, like everybody was like, oh, sweet. But the rain game, that was, yeah. that was, that was <laughs> all right, guys, the rain game, it is. <laughs> oh, man, the, 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 it was it was really cool. And and I, I, I got a chance to 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 see I've watched the game a few times over the years. And and I remember them panning to um the street and all the cars trying to get there because it was like it was a Thursday night game and so people were getting off work and they people trying to make a decision and am I gonna go aren't I gonna go this game is built up to be this juggernaut of a ball game and it's just a torrential downpour the whole game you know (laughs) and you know our fans some with umbrella hats I mean it was just so cool of an environment um and and again it's that Louisville is here we we have arrived that kind of a moment. New series, new segment. I want to introduce something we're going to do new here from time to time on Where Are They Now? We call this screen share. I'm going to pull up my screen here on the Zoom, and we are going to pull up some highlights uh, either from the player that we're talking with or a big-time game that Louisville participated in. I'm really excited about this. So let's jump into this. I'll go ahead and share my screen real quick, fellas, and let's let's see what we get. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, cool. And there's no sound, so you won't be able to hear anything, but just warm it up. Oh, so good. we can jump right in. All <laughs> we right. Got the, my, we got the godfather, Bobby. And he looks miserable, just like everyone else. But but here's my thing. I got to call this out. This is Robert McCune, I think, the hammer right here. We got to give a shout-out to the neck pad in football, man, because it's the greatest accessory there ever was. And Hammer was the buffest dude I've ever seen in my life. He in is person. Wasn't he like in the military or something too? Something yep. like that? Yeah, man. Just unreal. It's been a while since Louisville's had a middle linebacker like that. But look at this. This is Louisville football getting stopped on the goal line right here. That's mm-hmm. Vince. Vince, you're familiar with that. That happened a lot during Bobby Petrino 2.0. Shut up. <laughs> What about no. Dave Ragone, though? I mean, how special of a player is he at quarterback? You know what? I know that's not a great example of that as he throws an interception. <laughs> you know, Ragone came in with my class. So, you know, he and Ariel Rodriguez were roommates, and, and it was awesome. Hey, I think this is one. Yeah. You know, this this group, this group was, we had a wonderful game plan. But sometimes, what, good offense beats good defense. You know what I mean? So, um, and, you know, watching – Watching the, this, these guys play, um, and and Dave didn't have an early great game. You know, you, you watch this stuff, you go, eh. But we 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 backed each other so well back then, man. You know, we knew that if, if there was a fumble or an interception, our defense was good enough to to hang with anybody. I mean, we're halfway through the second here. It's ten three. 
And you know what's really funny? Devon, at the bottom of this, do you see the scroll of how many games were canceled in other sports? <laughs> you guys are playing in the pouring Here down, we are, right? you're playing. <laughs> Yo, that also, so, oh, look at this, man. That That's two Hall of Famers right there, man. That's incredible. Right? right? That's incredible. We're going man. to branch is a, is a combo I wish I could have seen more of. Hey, is man, that, is the, it, the best the best player ever was a play at uh, Kentucky with Dirty. He breaks a kid from Kentucky down in the in the middle of the line. And I think dude tore his ACL or something like that. Oh it was the dirtiest thing I've ever seen. Well, this is my man Double D with the touchdown here. Didn't know what to do once he caught it. So Damien was my roommate. Damien was my roommate as a freshman. He Look and at I, that. That's it, miserable. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Is that Winky? Chris Winky right here? Uh, no, no. Winky was the first time. This was Rick's, I believe. Okay. All right. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, and, wow. and that was the, that was the year where uh, Dwayne White got in trouble and Anquan Bolden. Uh, for choking Anquan Bolden on the field, and yeah, this is when Hank did this. Man, it was. Look at that puddle. We we almost drowned him. I remember <laughs> talking to him after the game. He almost drowned because everybody dogpiled on him in a puddle that was like a foot deep. What What was your thoughts when you look up and the goalposts are coming down? Like, is that is that just like and you bask in the moment? Like, look at what we just did. Look at what we just did. I think that that's that sums it up so eloquently. Um, you had you had a bunch of folks all rowing in the same direction um, for a full sixty minutes, man, and and that's what can happen. Actually, longer than sixty, we went overtime, um, and and that's what can happen. You know, we we were well coached. Um, we we had the Jimmys and Joes. And really, once we got past playing the name on the front of people's jerseys, um, it turned into a fight. And that's, that's all it was. It just turned into a fight. And our team decided that we just weren't going to lose. We had some, you know, we had some amazing guys in the back end there. Um, our our D-line was undersized. But, you know, Florida State, I think that year, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think they had six D linemen get drafted or or sign undrafted free agent uh, contract that year, and I remember going, "Wait, they only played four D linemen, uh, something like oh, it was O linemen." And you go, "Yeah, yeah, they had guys that don't start for them that got a chance to play in the league." And you're going, "Holy crap!" We were, but we were we were prepared. I mean that that game, I remember uh, on Wednesday, uh, Smeeling, Chris Smeeling going, "Hey." We're gonna drop you back in coverage a few times to disguise some uh, to disguise some blitzes. Oh man, I'd be and, here for it all day. Hey, you ain't said nothing but a word when you tell me you're gonna drop me back into the. <laughs> hey, hey, I got it. Okay, so coach, how how wide do I need to get? I go start off in the three point, and you can pop up and then just you know just get back. Hey, hey how many messing. how many times did they rewind and fast forward that thing on film? <laughs> Seeing you, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. Look at his sweet feet. Look at his sweet feet. Hey, hey. I uh, know the first time we did it, if I would have got wider, I would have had an interception. But instead, I, I, you know, they threw it right up under me and I had to rally. But you know what? Again, they they prepared us so well to play that ball game. And, uh, and guys executed both, you know, both offensively and defensively. And, and who would have thought that the first play they hand the ball off and it goes, it goes 25 for a touch and then just bedlam. 
when, when did you guys realize like we create we just created a moment like when you got back to the dorm and you were chilling on the bed like i just remember you know after that florida state game when we beat them like i went back to my dorm and i'm like i was like damn like that was the number two team in the country and we just did that like when i was just sitting there by myself i just really like grasped what just happened we i mean so there wasn't um the joke of it is there wasn't social media back yeah. then yeah right so uh you know everybody's trying to hey let's not be here too long i want to catch sports center tonight you know <laughs> so we're trying yeah. to all get home but we we i remember sitting there in the locker room you know just everybody i mean everybody's no one's leaving no one's you know, everybody's hype but everybody's just like what just happened oh my gosh this is incredible so yeah. you know it, it was it was that night going holy crap and you know there's no better picture than florida state walking back up the ramp to go into the visitor locker room yeah. after that ball game because they knew they had us psych <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back on the other side now. I want to talk post-Louisville football. Tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are now at Gonzaga. I know you've, you've mentioned Idaho as a stop, obviously coming back to Louisville. Uh, but but just kind of give me a, you know, a quick screenshot of, uh, of your career here since your uh, football playing days were over. Well, I, uh, I was going to be a sports broadcaster. Um, that's what I, I knew I was going to be. And then about uh, right after the season, though, during the bowl game, uh, bowl game practice, my senior year, GMAC Bowl. Uh, Gary Friedman is the senior associate AD. Um, he sits right next to me on the bus after the last practice. And he goes, hey, man, you should uh, you should do what I do. And I go, what's that? He goes, oh, development. And he goes, well, I don't develop. What do you develop? He goes, well, it's fundraising. You know, what do you raise money for? And he goes, your scholarship. And <laughs> you know what? <laughs> And, and, and until that point, I'll be honest, until that point, I had no idea where my scholarship came from. It just, hey, 687, man, this thing, just deposit it, give me my check, let's get this thing popping. When, when's the date? When, yeah. don't, uh, please don't be late. Please right. don't be late. Um, I, I got so, it real quick. I just got to say, the small world that this is, Gary Friedman was my first boss out of college. He hired me to work for the KFC Yum Center at 22 years old. So I'm very familiar with Mr. Friedman, and I can totally see that conversation and going down. Totally can see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so Gary, Gary says, hey, you, you should be an intern with me. So, I mean, truly, we play the bowl game. January comes, last school starts, and I go and go, Mr. Friedman, I'm going to do this, right? I, his first task was he gave me all his business cards. Hey, I need you to, uh, I need you to sort these for me. And I was like, all right, man. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? And, and, you know, I asked like three or four questions. Do you want to buy a last name? Do you want to buy a company name? How do you want to do it? And, and you could tell he wasn't ready for all the questions. I was like, no, I just want to do it right. And I came back, you know, like an hour later with it all done. And, he, and you could tell that he's like, oh, okay. It was kind of a, you know, kind of one of those moments he was trying to see what kind of guy I was. Um, from there, it was, you know, I was an intern, so I did whatever they needed me to do. And, you know, I, I put together the, there was an online, there used to be on our website, an online link for former players to, uh, hey, keep up, so to let us know where you are. So I got a, I'm the one that did that. Okay. You know, I went through every list of uh of every sport that had 
uh, former alum that had alumni, and I updated that list for every player that I could, uh, every sport. Um, and I think the meticulousness that I uh, that I took in that task um, was was why I went to Tom Jurich and I was like, hey man, this is awesome. I didn't know you could work in college sports. And so I went to Tom Jurich and I said, hey, if you'll keep me on scholarship, I'll go to grad school. I just want to do this. And Tom says, no, we're going to hire you full time. And I was like, wait, what? Like full time, like a job. He goes, yeah, we're going to hire you full time. It, it was curtains from then on, man. I was like, let's do that. So I walk So I'm one of the fortunate few that I walked across the stage into a, into a full-time job in college sports at the time at Louisville, uh, worked there for a year and a half. And Nick Holt, my old D-line coach, is the head football coach at the University of Idaho. And we're talking and he goes, hey, I need somebody to run the marketing department here. And go, I, I don't, what? what no. When do football coaches make that decision? That's interesting, right? man. I love that. That's Idaho <laughs> right? for you right there. Right. And so uh, I, I go and I, I interview out at Idaho. I also interview out at the University of Florida. Both positions are assistant marketing directors. Um, but the difference is at Florida, I was one of like nine. At Idaho, they didn't have a director of marketing. They just didn't have the money to pay somebody with the title <laughs> director of marketing. So I was the assistant marketing director with no experience. Oh, man. Uh, and uh, you know what? I, I, I interview with Florida and from Florida, I, I fly to Idaho, interview there, come home and I'm wavering. John L. Smith calls me and he goes, hey, you need to go to Idaho. And he hangs up the phone. Uh, I go, okay, well, because uh, I don't know if you know, John L. is a legend at Idaho as well. And so I, I take the job at Idaho. One of the best moves I've ever uh, made. I'm out there for four years, you know, work my way up. Uh, I'm, the, um, I'm the assistant AD for marketing at University of Idaho by the time it's all done. Get a chance to go to uh, UCF um, as assistant wow. AD. That's quite the, uh, uh, the weather change right there. How about that, uh, man? Yeah. Yeah. You go from <laughs> Moscow, Idaho, which is 12,000 people when school is in session and drops significantly when school is not in session. It is a college town and, and nothing but a college town. So uh, I, I do that. And then we go to Orlando, Florida. And um, I'm, only at, I'm only at UCF for about nine months because my, my family just they don't love it. You know, I, I'm moving from Moscow, Idaho, where no one locks their doors. And, and if your kid, your kid's never lost, someone's going to bring your kid home. You know what I mean? And I take them to the fifth largest media market in the country. Uh, it's huge. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you know, so um, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on the board of the, the board of directors of NACMA, which is our national marketing group for college. Uh, on a board call, I'm telling uh, the president, Dennis Kalina, I go, hey, man, I'm thinking um, I'm, I'm going to make a move. I got to get out of here. Dennis says, hey, I need somebody to run my annual fund. I go, well, I haven't run an annual fund. And he goes, well, we need it's marketing. I just need somebody to do it with a marketing flair. So I leave uh, UCF as the assistant AD for sports marketing. I come to Gonzaga as the director of annual giving at Gonzaga. And it's a great move. Love the school. 
Uh, also, no football, which when people ask me all the time, you work for a school that doesn't have football, I go, yeah, that allows me to be a football fan. Right, so, yeah, so perfect. So in the fall, I could wake up at 5 a.m., catch a college game day, stay in my basement all day long and watch, you know, 10 games. Like, it was the best thing going. Um, so I'm, I'm running the annual fund for Gonzaga for about four years, and then there's an opportunity at, uh, at Louisville um, to be the assistant AD for annual giving and uh, talk to Tom. And, and he he flies me out and and truly on that visit, dirty uh, Dion is he comes through the gate to a basketball game, right? So uh, we're in the suite, you know. Me and Dirty are chopping it up, and he goes, "Hey man, Tom told me he's gonna offer you the job, man. So just relax." <laughs> he said, "Dion," and it's <laughs> hey, like, and I think it was just it it really wasn't this thing where it was. Uh, uh, he just—I think it was. Hey, man, what's Devon doing here? It was. Uh, hey, we're gonna give him this job. So people—we're we, just talking. He goes, "Hey, chill out, man. You're gonna get the job. Don't even worry about it." I go, "Cool." <laughs> so I—I I, uh, I become the assistant AD at my alma mater, it's the job I, I wanted, and um, and and I'm having a great time there. Um, you know, my son, my older son—I don't know if you know played college basketball at Eastern Washington University. But while we're in Louisville, he's playing for Ellis Miles uh, for uh, Louisville Magic. The Louisville Magic, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, so, he didn't play well, in he, college with Rodney Stuckey, did he? No, no, no. No? Okay. He, I know it's a random so, name, man, but I just yeah. wanted <laughs> So, uh, uh, Q, so Quentin uh, was – it was on the older team when Josh was on the youngest team there. So, okay. he was out of South – he was out of South Oldham hooping. Got a chance to go to the Rupp Center in the Sweet 16 that his freshman year. So, I mean, really cool. But, uh, you know, my wife and her her family had all moved out to Idaho. Um, so they had moved out this way, and they just said, hey, we want to move back. And so, you know, you know the game. Uh, they moved back. Uh, we had kept the house here in Spokane. So they moved back. I stayed working in Louisville. Tom just told me, listen, um, we want you as long as you'll stay. And so I worked for a full year, two weeks in Louisville, two weeks in uh, Spokane. And I just flew back and forth. And Tom let me do it that way. Um, so so if you're ever, if y'all want to know what my loyalties lie as it relates to Tom Drew, I think I just told you. Um, <laughs> so um, did that for two years. And then I, I uh, got an opportunity at WSU um, to, to be the assistant AD for WSU running their Spokane operation, did that for about uh, four or so years, and then uh, went over to Eastern Washington University, uh, most recently as the deputy AD, the number two guy over at Eastern. Um, and that was during COVID and, you know, national championship uh, game and all that, all the cool stuff. And uh, you put you know that red mean? turf down? Was that you? Yes, you get sir. the red turf? <laughs> no, that wasn't you? I, no, no. I put the replacement down. I okay, 100% okay. put the replacement Good. down. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. But I, <laughs> hey, but I was there for the first game on the red turf. I was there when they won the national title um, in 2010. And then I, I began working there. We went to the national title game. Um, it was a 20, was it 20, 21, something like that. Uh, 19 or 20. Well, we went to the national championship again. So great experience. And then there was an opportunity to, uh, to get back to 
uh, get back to Gonzaga. And, you know, what a lot of people, they'll, they'll see where I went. Um, what everyone doesn't realize is I worked at uh, WSU, Eastern Washington, and Gonzaga. I lived in the same house. They're all within, uh, they're all right here. So my commute from Eastern to Gonzaga, my commute got 20 miles uh, shorter. And, uh, you know, the, the brand is a little bit better. So it's really, really cool. guys changing jobs in college athletics, being able to freaking keep their same house. Usually it's yep. one to three years and we're looking mm-hmm. for a new one and selling this one or they're renting it. Exactly. So, so, so uh, and, and that was uh, two years ago when I, I made the, the shift over back to Gonzaga and, and I was at, I was at Eastern while my son was on the basketball team and um, it was a, it was a neat time, but I'll be honest, I prefer to just be a dad, not an administrator for, um, you know, they've got an AD job opening right now and, and there've been some conversations and, you know, the realities are I prefer to be a dad than an administrator and watch my kid just play and just be. So I'm um, excited to be at GU, man. Well, let me ask you this. And I want to ask this very delicately because I'm sure your employer would not want you want me asking questions about other jobs and things like that. But I want to go back to a couple of years ago, Vince Tyree leaves Louisville very unexpectedly. The AD job is open and there is this outpouring of 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 people wanting you to come back to Louisville as the athletic director articles written, you know, statements on the radio. I mean, it was just at the time, nonstop, nonstop. And the more digging you did, it's like, wow, this is a former football player, somebody that's had success in, in a ton of different ways that would care about this program in a way that it, a lot of people wouldn't. And so my question for you is not, did you interview? How did it go? What happened? My question for you is how cool of a moment was that for you to see fans like that you've never heard of mentioning you for this job and saying they want you to come home. Like how impactful was that for you to know that you made such a difference as a Cardinal that people wanted you to come back? Incredibly, incredibly. So it was a, it was such a surreal thing that I remember looking on on Twitter one day and going, what is going on here? Right. And, and, you know, listen, I'm a very popular guy. And uh, I remember when Twitter when Twitter first popped off and I was like, I'm going to get me a thousand followers. Uh, and I did not reach a thousand followers until until the Louisville job came open and folks began to look out. And here's the deal. I, I was Louisville made, right? And and I make even, you know, our AD here at Gonzaga, Chris, is, is unbelievable. You know, when it happened, we talked about it. You know, hey, it's my alma mater. All right. And, and, it, no one around here makes a mistake. Uh, what uh, what my squad is? No one does. Yeah. Everyone knows that I'm a cardinal, and it just is. Um, you know, but Josh Josh Herod is a friend of mine, and he and I talk. But you know what? The cool the coolest part of this whole thing was how many former guys uh, contacted me and 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 was willing to lend support and, and all those things. The realities are that happened after my son had just finished uh, going through chemo and, and getting back. It, I wouldn't do Louisville um, a great job. I wouldn't have done Louisville the, the great job that I want to do someday um, coming off of that. And that's just the God's honest. Um, so they were brief conversations. And, and here's the deal. It wasn't the right time um, personally for me. 
you know, our, our story, you know, my son got diagnosed with, uh, with cancer as at 15 and that was right at COVID. So when everybody sheltered in place, we were in and out of the hospital 148 days or something like that for chemo. And then he, then he had to, uh, have his right leg amputated or, you know, below the knee amputated. And then he wanted to, he wanted to keep playing football. And so we're going through all the things as a family and you go, you know, I don't get that back. We've moved around a little bit. He is, uh, he and being able to be home with him is, um, and be at his games and, and not miss stuff. The compromises I would have had to have made to be excellent at the job and, and make no mistake. Uh, that's what I would bring is excellence to the job. Uh, I wasn't really ready to do that at the time. And, and you know what? And it's awesome. He graduates this year. He's going to go over to play, go off to play football next year. And, and we're super excited to, to be a resource for him um, for that journey. And to be fair, I'm 42 years old. That's my youngest child. So you know what? There's, there's time. Josh is a young guy uh, <laughs> and, and he, and, and he's, he's awesome. Um, and I, I watch it. He and I will talk, we text back and forth uh, about different things. And, um, and I think he's doing a good job. So um, he, he knocked the hires out of the park. Um, and if I can be a resource to Louisville ever, you know, if he knows that I am a phone call or a text away. All the guys know that if they, anybody needs something, call me, text me. Um, and, and when we talk about this stuff, again, it, there, there's, no, there's no hidden agenda here. You know, um, Louisville is the place that I became a man. And, um, and, and Louisville gave me my first shot. And then Louisville gave me a, a second shot as well, elevating me uh, in this business. Uh, I'm, in, I'm where I am because of the logo that I used to wear on my chest. And, um, and I, I, it is no small feat. Um, if that school needs me for anything, uh, all they got to do is ask me. So, you know, it was a, it was super awesome to hear and see the support that um, I could have had if I'd have made a real run at this thing. Um, and and maybe one day, truly, maybe one day. Um, you know, but uh, I I don't want to wish my life away. Um, I'm I'm right now getting excited to watch my son thrive uh, and play college football. He's gonna. You know, he's going to play defensive end out here. And, you know, if, uh, you know, he's been featured in Sports Illustrated and some other things because what he's doing is, is super incredible. Um, and you know what? Had he not gotten sick, he would have probably been on that Louisville recruiting list. Uh, and that would have made my day, frankly. But now that I see Minkins and the rest of these guys' sons, um, Haskins and all these guys are – uh, yeah, their, their boys are their boys are getting looks. They go, all right, it's all good. Um, but uh, yeah, man, this the last five years has been eye opening, and I needed to be a dad more than I needed to be um, an AD. I, I really admired a quote from a tweet that you tweeted October thirteenth of twenty twenty two about your son Brandon, who you've mentioned is a cancer survivor and dealt with the you know uh, overcoming the amputation of his of his leg from his knee down and is still playing football. But you tweeted this quote, and it's, it's something I've thought about a lot the last couple of days. You, you you tweeted, "Keep grinding. It's only impossible until until someone does it, and you're someone." Tell me just how proud of a father you are watching your son 
make no excuses for the cards he's been dealt, but go out there every day and work hard to become the best football player in person he can be. Well, here's the deal. He he is a better. He's got he's got one foot. He's a better football player than I was, frankly. And and you know what? And prior to cancer, you know, kids are he's a sophomore, all conference, first team all conference, middle linebacker. I mean, we we are taking visits to Pac-12 schools out here. Now, secretly, you knew there was going to be one in Louisville. He just knew it. He's got more <laughs> Louisville gear than uh, than than he knows what to do with. And and then and then this happens, right? And and you can take it, you know. Uh, his whole life, he's heard me say some stuff like, "Hey, listen, man, you could just wash. You could uh, you could complain for twenty minutes and then still go wash the dishes, or you could just go wash the dishes right now." And, and, and we could be done. End of the day, this is going to get washed. You complain about it and wash it, or you can just go wash it. And that's how he approached uh, this process. It was, he knew when we, he was diagnosed that it was going to be an amputation from the get. So, I mean, we talked about it. We allowed him to make the decision at the time. He was 15 years old. So, you know, I'm not going to tell a 15-year-old, you have to get your leg amputated. You get, you make a choice. And, um, and, Watching him, the reason behind it was I still have something to prove. I still got something to do. So he, he gets it amputated, finishes chemo, gets a good uh, bill of health, and then it's, all right, grind time. You know, and, and so, you know, that first year back, they put him at defensive end, which, you know, that's what I love. And because they don't know if he can move. You know, he comes up with something like 70 tackles from the end spot. You're like, wait, What? Uh, like, hold on, dude. What, what's happening here? So his coach goes, his coach calls and goes, "Hey, uh, we're moving back to middle linebacker. He moves just fine." And we go, "Yeah." So his amputation is below the knee, so he has a full range of motion to run. Um, and so he moves back to middle linebacker as a senior, and just, I mean, he has 119 tackles. I mean, he he he's the defensive player of the year, and it's not in the scenario where, hey, we give the we give the kid the ball and everybody dials, dives out the way. Dude will sit you down. He's six foot two, 240 pounds. Um, he benches probably about 350 right now. He yeah, I've seen him. It doesn't look fun. Dude, he is a problem on a football field. And, uh, and, and, and you know what? And I get it. And we've talked about it. Hey, if it's you or another kid, completely able body, you got to understand where you are. But again, it's only impossible until somebody does it. And here's somebody. And he he took that. He took that and just started and just kept grinding and then got some opportunities to play. Now he's in track right now. And um, some doors have opened for him to um, – didn't know there was an ambulatory division. So last year he, he sets the state record in a shot put for ambulatory shot. And this year I think he's – you know, right now, all his numbers will set the state record in javelin, shot foot, discus, and then he's going to run the 100 as well. And wow. uh, so so he's going to go to Eastern. And listen, man, you read my Twitter uh, my Twitter feed. I don't tell lies, baby. <laughs> I, I, I told you when he came back, dude's a problem. You ain't got to believe me. Dude's a problem. I know I'm a dad. I know I'm biased. Dude's a problem. That's all right, man. How excited is he to get up there and play ball at Eastern? Man, he is a dog, and um, I think they're going to be super um, surprised when he gets there and they realize that it's not uh, – his, dis- uh, 
his disability isn't a disadvantage. Um, and I think that's the that's the big deal. He's not an he's not an imposter, and he works as though he's not an imposter. He works as though, hey, I know I bitch. I I do the work in the weight room. I know I run. Um, I know how to watch film. I know that, hey man, if old boy's kickstep ain't right, I'm gonna get him. Um, and and don't let him post up too much. I'm gonna put it right in his chest, and that's I'm gonna run beautiful. smooth over him. I love it. Yeah, and, I and I think it. I think that's the stuff. That's the stuff that uh, he played middle linebacker all his life, except that one year. So he he thinks like a middle linebacker, a meathead. Uh, <laughs> 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 Runs, yeah, exactly. Where are you, you pointing know? to me? I played fullback, completely different. <laughs> middle linebacker, my my ass, man. I just heard a story two weeks ago about you running sideline to sideline to just destroy people, man. I yeah. I'm here for it. Well, I, look, that is is incredible of a story um as there is and and i'm sure for you as a fellow parent that that being a part of that is uh, far greater than any athletic achievement of your own um and it's just incredible to hear uh let's transition to the last bar- part of our show here this is the most fun we end this on a fun note um and it's the app rapid fire questions we've got about about eight questions here we're going to go through these and and devon the point of the game here is to be quick with it all right the more thinking you do the answer is not as qualified here uh, now i know look there's professionalism to be maintained and we'll help you do that these questions aren't too far out there uh, but there are some fun ones to start so we'll go ahead and jump right into this what was your favorite road trip destination when you played for Louisville? What was the one school you couldn't wait to go to? Southern Miss, The Rock. So okay. we them every, they were in conference, and uh, you know what? They were right on top of you. You had to wear your helmet on the sideline, and you're going to get pelted with uh, uh, little minis. Uh, and you know what? When we got there, they usually played the game on a Thursday. Like the city was shut down. Hattiesburg was shut down. The kids were in the seats. When we got off the bus, like three hours ahead of time, they were, uh, how do we say, they were happy. Right. Uh, the <laughs> they college were, were they, Yeah, they was tore up. <laughs> and and they got out, of, they got after us from the moment we, we got off the bus to, I mean, through the ball game. So really cool environment. Um, and it always came down to the conference championship, us and Southern Miss. Loved playing with the Rock. All right. QB, you got the most satisfaction out of hitting. Teammate or opponent? Because, I mean, I know you guys had a little different era. Might have got a little pissed off here. You know, Coach Petrino, lay off the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Teammate or opponent, uh, Jared, the, the hefty lefty, man. He, he was uh, – it was something uh, as I – so, you know, when they break the huddle, you know, as a, de- as a defense, you're, you're counting big bodies. You're not really counting where people are. You're counting big bodies. Us not being able to – to get a right uh, strength call because we counted the quarterback. You're oh, like, right. it's like, hey, wait, there's six, seven. Oh, he's the, oh, crap. All right. Uh, love, 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 love. And, uh, and trying to bring him down. There's, I, I have like three pictures of me and Dwayne trying to bring him down a few different times. It was just, you know what? I was more pleased to watch a guy that big that could move as well as he did. But it wasn't going to be a single guy taking him down. You know, and his highlight film in, at UK is probably a legend because I could imagine a corner blitz trying to get this dude. And it was like, what? Did somebody hit me? <laughs> That's a big my, dude. My favorite of his is him throwing that pass over top of his head. Oh, my gosh, man. Incredible. Uh, uh, all right. Over- so the next, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, talk about a 
the example of my dad used to be the head coach all the way through my uh, uh, my high school years because there's the only way he played quarterback this whole time. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, so the next question I have, you've already answered this. It was position you think you could have played that wasn't defensive end. You said you wanted to play tight end, so that, I'm not going to let you get away with that one. So my question to you is what is the most – uh, what is your favorite accessory on a defensive lineman? Is it a full cage face mask? Is it a neck roll or is it a single digit number? I think those are the single three. digit number, man. Single <laughs> digit number. See, Vince, right. I try to tell you, man. I try to tell you. You can rock one. Which one? What number? <laughs> you know what? I think eight, eight or zero. Because it's just the What's phenomenal. What's wanted to wear eight and zero? Like the eight? I just want to let symmetry. you know your stance looks like a zero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, uh, you know, you, you get told all like so all us big guys, we never got single digit numbers because all the numbers growing up were by size. Yeah. So zero <laughs> to ten. I see why you got ninety five now. Yeah. No, okay. Let me tell you about the ninety five. I asked for ninety-two. Um, they gave ninety-two to Michael Josiah. I go, hey Mike, how did you get ninety-two? Did you ask for ninety-two? He goes, No, they just gave it to me. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> What is that? Why would they give you? I told them I wanted 92. It was a Reggie White thing. And they gave it to you. You know what? I hate this place. All right, go ahead. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. That's What's great. the thing you miss the most about playing uh, playing football? It's going to sound stupid. Practice and weightlifting. Um, and, and Doesn't sound the, stupid to me at all. The, the reason is we had fun talking with each other. You know, warm-ups. Warm-ups during practice were some of the best memories I've had in sport. And my, I've had some incredible experience. I am, I am extremely fortunate. Um, I get, you know, uh, during March Madness, folks are, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a senior staff member at a top five program in the country. During, during March Madness, uh, all the guys are texting me my picture because I sit at the table and uh, during March Madness, like, dude, is that you? You find game, it's me, and, and you know, and and so I've been a part of some amazing things, none better than warming up during the weightlifting during the the six a.m. weightlifting group and Tone Slatter and myself and you know uh, Antoine Sims and you know uh, and and Jason with Weathers and and all these guys and we're just talking about each other, cracking on each other, you know. My man Fred, uh, cool Elvis Dumerville, you know all these guys. We we sat and we everybody's even. There's an even playing field, and you're it's a meritocracy. You know what I mean? You gotta hey, if you're the best, you will play. The thing I love telling people all the time is one of the better defensive line, best defensive linemen to ever come out of our school. Elvis Dumerville was my backup. You know what I mean? That's cool. Like that's, that's cool. crazy. I'd put that on my resume if I yeah, were. Yeah, I would put you know that I mean? on a resume too. <laughs> Think about that. And and you know, I leave and this kid, this dude goes ham. And and as he's as he's getting his fifth sack at the Kentucky game, I'm on I'm across the country going crazy for him because because that's what we do. Uh we cheer for one another. Their success, I mean. Other than breaking my school record touchdown, I want him to be as successful <laughs> as he can possibly be. Now, if, in fact, he picks one up at uh, on the 12-yard line, I fully expect a cheerleader to run on the uh, the field and, and trip him or something. 
But other than that, uh, it's it's being it's being a part of being in the in the uh, in the the foxhole with all these guys and and it, it's all love. You know what I mean? We 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 pranked each other. We talked about each other. We 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 cried. We bled. And and you know what? You leave the school, but you never leave the school. You know what I mean? You know I know that if I came back, there are folks that would. Uh, hey, I need a place to stay. And somebody goes, yeah, you can stay in my basement. It's fine. That's the same thing I tell all my teammates to this day. I'm like, oh, y'all ever want to come in town and watch a game? Just text me and we'll figure something out because I have an extra bedroom. So Exactly. All right, last question here. This is the this is the toughest one of all. It's not really, but I'm curious. In the mid two thousand, early two thousands, late nineties, where's the spot to go out for the football players when you all are of age? Where'd you go when you were trying to enjoy a night out in the town in Louisville? Uh, see, you know, I'm the I'm the wrong guy to ask this one too. So everyone knows that I was like the old man on the group. I got married after my freshman year. So me, oh. Richard Owens, and uh, Tony Stark. Coach Owens. Oh, oh yeah. I was on his position. I was uh, whenever Coach K had the incident with him in 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach Owens is our type. Moved over to be our tight ends coach, which he was. He's the Ted's guy to play for for sure. He's so fun. Me, so me and Rich, me and Rich, we're from the same hometown ish. Yeah. So we're right around. Uh, and and he was married. I was married. Tony Stallings was married. So the three of so our three uh, couples, we hung out together. You know. You know, so when everybody would go and, and they wanted to party, you know, they're going to hit Phoenix Hill or they're going to hit uh, they're going to hit this or that. Um, the three of us, we'd be at my house or Tony, Tony's house. Uh, so Tony had a lot of animals back then. He wanted to be the reptile guy. So he but nobody um, wanted to go over his house. But, uh, you know, he and his wife, uh, he had time and, and Tina and my wife, Melanie, they so all the all the women they knew they could uh, they could go to games together they could be with family um, we you know so we all were at each other's houses just hanging because you know what well, you you don't want to be out in the street so uh, not really not really how you know Bahama breeze maybe <laughs> I'd like that yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot we'll go one more then what what was Coach Owens like as a as a ball player we'll do one last one last one right here I mean I, He's all right. I love the dude to death I bet he was fun to play with he was all right you know he was a young young whippersnapper when I was there no he, he was a good little player man I mean had the size had the hands I I'll say this though. I think my hands are better still. I'll tell him that. He knows I'll tell him that. <laughs> he coaches O Ryan my... now, so you know he can't. Catch. I know. You know, I know he my can't. hands, my hands was better. They, I never got the chance. Never got the chance. Man. So, I mean, you know, oh, it's my a, goodness. It's a bummer. Uh, and and we we love T Man and Riley and their little girl. I mean, it is again being able to to know, you know, former guys, their the kids' names and and I have watched, you know, like we're going and Mario. You know, I you know their daughter is is a is a hooper. You know, watching Grivna and his wife, uh, just uh, watching their daughters, uh, their son and daughter grow up and, and become all these things. I mean, it is so neat to be a part of this world. And 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 as an administrator, I don't take for granted what the opportunities we provide to these young people, um, what it can do because Louisville changed my life. So I, I owe. I owe the world to uh, to Floyd Street. 
I love that. I, that is the end of the show right there. Devon Thomas, thank you so much. What an episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't root for a lot of other places uh, sports-wise, but uh, this is worth rooting for Gonzaga every once in a while when they're not playing Louisville, of course. Uh, a couple of years ago, <laughs> I know the women's, women's teams went back and forth, and I'm, cur- I'm curious maybe after the words you let everybody like, yeah, you know, hey, the real You know what? I did not here. come. Remember last year, Gonzaga came yeah, to Yeah, came to Louisville. Yeah, right. And, and usually – I travel with the women's team. Not for that one. And and I, uh, nope. Nope, I got to sit this one out. Going to have to sit it out, guys. I appreciate <laughs> so I, that. I, I traveled yeah. with the men that year, but this year I jumped back on the women's side. So, you know what? It, it's, a, it's a special place. Um, and, um, and I, I, I made the absolute right decision to, to spend my time in Louisville. And, and I'll, I'll, forever, I'll forever be a card of man. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.